I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are your hosts, Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlist. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 44 for October 26th, 2008. I'm Mark Spagnolo, And I'm Matt Vandalist. And of course, right at the very beginning, I want to remind everybody that you're going to hear something in the episode today that you're going to want to comment on. You're going to want to send us a voicemail, whatever. There's a couple of different ways you can get a hold of us with your questions or your comments. You can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message at 623-242-2450. Whew. Hey, so it's uh, it's the uh, last week in November, or November. Wow, I'm way ahead of myself. <laughs> the last week of yes. October. <laughs> so right. that means uh, Halloween is just around the corner. You guys got any uh, any big scary plans going on or anything uh, down there in Arizona? For no, me? you know what? We, we kind of live in a weird neighborhood. There's just too much distance between houses, and any self-respecting parent would probably not let their child roam around this area. Um, you know, and if and if you're if you're a candy loving child who's who's really trying to make the most of your time, this is not the place to go for the best yield. Uh, yield to the actual amount of foot walking ratio is just it's terrible because there's just there's just not enough houses, um, you know, per block here. So, right. um, so no, uh, we don't get many kids. It it tends to be kind of a Nicole and I are the kids, and we watch you know like a SpongeBob Halloween cartoon and eat candy. Uh, keep the lights on for the one kid that does decide to come to our house and he gets a whole bowl of candy. So <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to be passing out like cutoffs. Like, oh, here's some wing. Eh? Hey, here's some people heart. <laughs> hey, you're this gonna is love good this. quality stuff, kid. <laughs> yeah, this is some veneer. There's not a lot that we can use in the shop, but it's all yours. Go ahead and have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And you know, the thing is we we're the type of people who would totally dress up and just have a great time with it. Uh, but we would just be dressing up to entertain ourselves, which isn't very exciting. Right. Yeah, definitely. No, that's uh, in my neighborhood. We actually happen to be on a main strip. So what ends up happening is 
we're the houses that people drop their kids off from the neighboring community. And they all bring them in, drop them off right in front of our house, and then it's just pure mayhem. It's like one of those, you've never walked my street. Who are you? I don't even recognize <laughs> you. Nice. <laughs> so, but we used to do that with our kids, too. Our old neighborhood wasn't uh, exactly that way. You know, it's so open, so that's what we used to do that. But, yeah, right. around here, we're, we're definitely uh, we're getting ourselves all geared up. In fact, uh, as soon as I'm done with today's episode, uh, I've got to go ahead and make a costume for my son because my wife happens to be out of town right now. And uh, we're, he's going to be going as Ben 10. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the cartoon Ben 10. No. But, um, yeah, basically, he's just a kid. <laughs> so the costume's not kid. so difficult. Yeah, it's perfect for Dad. I mean, it's just like one of those, here, put this shirt on. Yeah, I was about to say, I had no idea you were a seamstress. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can cut the fabric, but it's all frayed, <laughs> much like my projects. <laughs> nice. and, and if I can't, if I can't, if it doesn't hold in place with a nice glue stick, eh, forget about it. You don't need it. <laughs> well, you know how we feel about those sewing and crocheting podcasts. So, uh, you know, you well, don't want to, you don't want to support the competition too much. Right. Well, I've been listening to them, so I find out what they're doing. So, you know, you have to know <laughs> your enemy. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So, hey, there, there's some big, been some big news going on. I seem to remember a certain wood whisperer who got to visit somebody famous. And you want to want to tell us about that? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was it was pretty cool. Um, well, geez, it was almost two weeks ago now. Uh, we went really? to. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, time time just flew by. We went to BlizzCon, which is a big uh, video game uh, conference, I guess you would call it, in Southern California. And figured while we're going there, it's a great opportunity to. Uh, to just take the trip north uh, to Santa Rosa, Petaluma area and deliver the gadget station to Leo Laporte. So we did that. It was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, it's like a, a dream come true for Nicole. She really uh, wanted to meet him bad. Um, right. So uh, it was pretty neat. We got this uh, hangout in his little uh, twit co- cottage, they call it. And it's just this craftsman style, you know, bungalow uh, home that's, uh, I don't know, it's it's probably a historical uh, building out there because it's just, you know, typical craftsman style wood everywhere, just a really nice place. So it was actually kind of cool to see that the gadget station, uh, which is sort of uh, green and green influence is going to live in a uh, craftsman style bungalow like that. Right. Um, so so anyway, we sat down, had a little interview, which I didn't expect. I mean, he, well, I expected it because he said he was going to do that, but that was not the reason we went there. Um, honestly, the main reason was to to give him this uh, gift and give Nicole an opportunity to to meet him and talk with him. So um, we had a really good time. It was actually a blast and quite an experience. And I got to see David Marks while we were there because he's uh, we were in Petaluma. Santa Rosa is right there. So. Okay. Yeah, so we uh, checked out David Mark's new shop. He uh, added on since the last time I was there, and he uses that space for teaching his classes. Got a whole tour. Uh, we got had the camera out the whole time. We got some incredible footage uh, of a current project that he's working on right now. And as I'm filming this thing, it was almost like watching a Woodworks episode, but uh, an advanced-level Woodworks episode that he would have never been able to do on TV. Right. Uh, and then I got some pretty sweet footage. Uh, we went over into his... Um, he basically built on another area that they use to display some of his work and he's got his drum set in there. So uh, we both took turns uh, sitting on the drums and just jamming for a few minutes. So that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So I got some of that on tape and hopefully I'll, I'll have that uh, content out pretty soon, but the holiday stuff is what's uh, really taken up my time now getting ready for the, um, uh, the holiday episodes and holiday projects. So Right, definitely. Yeah. So, what about what about you? What are you working well, on now? 
Uh, well, I was uh, I was watching the show where um, Mark Spagnuolo was uh, with Leo Lepore, and uh, I heard he got to meet Callie Lewis, which I was a little jealous oh, about. Oh, <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yes, we did get to meet Callie and uh, and Neil, her husband, and that was that was just being in the right place at the right time. I had no idea they were going to be there. Um, if anyone's not familiar, they do a tremendous podcast called Geek Brief, and they've got a huge audience. It's just a, a quick. I think they do it four or five days a week. It's just a quick uh, review of tech gadgets and new releases and tech news. And they're really cool people. And um, they're, they're, I believe, from Texas. And okay. they just do this incredible podcast. Husband and wife team just kind of reminds me a little bit of what Nicole and I do, mm-hmm. um, except for they both are fully invested in this as, as a career path, which is pretty cool. So um, what's their website? Geek Brief? Is it GeekBriefTV? No, it's just GeekBrief.com. TV or com? I can't remember. I can't remember now either. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just Google Geek Brief. You have no problem finding it, or, or go to iTunes and, and you can pick it up there. But really good show. Check it out. And they they mentioned us on uh, on one of their episodes, which was really nice of them. So nice, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my life hasn't been very exciting so far. The the the, the most exciting thing. I think since our, our last episode that has happened is uh, by now we've all we all know that Lee Valley has definitely uh, kind of stepped in here. Not only are they kind of uh, putting some banner ads on our sites and everything, but we got to try out some of the great hand planes that they have. And oh, yeah. I have just I've, I've been down in the shop and the family has been accusing me of ignoring them. And they're right. I have been because <laughs> I, I cannot stop playing with these things. I, uh, the, the main ones I really have been playing with the most is the the skew rabbit planes and I, 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 it's kind of funny because I'm left-handed, but I'm finding for me the right-handed version seems to work out the best. Hmm. And I've just I've been having a ton of fun with it, getting it set up. And I noticed as soon as I opened it up, I mean, most of them are already pre-lapped on the back, so it's pretty much ready to go right out of the box. And I, I took a couple of quick passes, and I was just really shocked with it. And one thing I discovered is I've actually been, and I'm going to do a little show about this, or just kind of show a quick video is. Um, I would rather than just making the rabbit, I was kind of making like raised panels with it, just kind of tilting it a little bit to the side and then just, uh, making the passes and I got some really great results. So that's, I mean, I, I've, I've got like stacks and stacks of wood that I'm like, I should use this for a project, but <laughs> oh, I'm going to play with the skew rabbit planes. <laughs> so I think that's nice. all I doing. And then I, I played with the, um, a plow plane and holy cats, I'm like, you know what? I no longer need to make uh, um, you know grooves with my dado saw. I don't need to make it with my my router. I'm just going to make it with the plow plane. I can do it. You know, late at night, which I have been doing because my wife's been coming down. Put the damn plane down and get that. <laughs> <laughs> so but see, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, I haven't had a chance to dig in uh, quite that much just because I've been out of town. And I was I took a look at the the plow plane yesterday, and I was going to ask you how much. A uh, practical uh, use? Do you see that as far as taking the place of something you might use your router for? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I would. One thing I wanted to, to kind of play with a little bit is I almost want to time myself to see just how much faster. Or I, mean, I don't really think it's going to be so much faster. I think they're going to equal out by about the time you load up a router with, say, like a straight cutting bit, get it okay. all set, and then make your passes. I think they're going to even each other out. But okay. one thing that I really liked about the the plow plane is. You know how sometimes, and we, we've talked about the, this as being a reason why maybe you want to get um, like a router plane is, you know, how you're going along and then occasionally there's that little dip where it's not staying as consistently deep along the entire length. Uh-huh. Well, that's one thing I found with the plow plane is I was able to keep it consistently deep. And I think the, the hardest part about it was maybe getting the initial groove started. But once you establish that first shoulder, and it only takes one pass to really get that shoulder established. Once it's established, 
man, it just goes super fast. In fact, <laughs> my wife, I, th- I think she thought I was having a fix. I was just like going back and forth really quick on like about a, it's about a two foot long piece just to see how, how deep I could get the dado. And I did a quarter inch dado in about, I don't know, maybe, or a quarter inch groove in about not even five minutes. I mean, it was along this two, this two foot long length. In fact, yeah, that was even with the setup. So about, yeah, about five minutes set up to being finished and it was all done and it was nice and deep and it was clean. It had the, the nice shoulders and everything. So wow, yeah, me likey. I'm now I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of the, uh, the wider blades to see what I could do with that because sure. it comes with the quarter, but then of course you got to pay for the other ones. So I'm like, I want to see what else I can do with this and just, I don't know, play with that. It, it doesn't work for cross grain, uh, like dados or anything. So if you're planning on doing anything like that with a plow plane, eh, not so much. I think, what you'd really have to do is like cut the shoulders ahead of time, kind of get a, a, a length, you know, or a depth cut uh, along there so the shoulders are already established, and then go. Because I did try to do it, and all it does is just rip the day, daylights out of the out of the face. I mean, it was just it was neat, but it was really so, bad. <laughs> so once it's already established, would you would you say that this is more uh, better suited to to increasing the depth of that groove? Uh, especially in a cross grain situation, is that better suited than say a router plane would be for that operation? Um, I don't know. I think they could do it each job. I mean, each of them could do it equally well, but I I almost would rather go with the router plane instead because yeah. router plane, you know, you you can put in a different blade that would be specifically for it because there's the one that has kind of the uh, looks more like a plow, and I think okay. that one would work better at it because this really does. Even once you get that shoulder established, it really does kind of rip the grain a little bit. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't look like it looks as nice. And I'm not sure if the fit would be exactly what you want. But if you just want to make it rough, you just want to get it done. It's just a utilitarian type job. Man, you could easily use it with no problem whatsoever. Very cool. Sounds awesome. Yeah, so that was that was my big thing. I was definitely having a lot of fun with that. The the other big thing that's been going on in the shop is up until now, I never really had like a quote-unquote dedicated sharpening area i always just kind of had mm-hmm. my my stones off to the side in the shelf and then if something needed to be sharpened to clear off the workbench set the stuff up and then do it so there was a lot of times i did not want to sharpen anything because it's like it takes forever if i'm in the middle of a project it's almost better to deal with the dull tools the way i always looked at it and then i'd be pissed off at the end going god i should have sharpened that damn thing so found an old uh, uh microwave uh cart brought it into the shop set it up there put my stones and everything on that and holy cats wow it's amazing how easy it is just to go oh this blade's getting a little dull i guess i shouldn't have dropped it on the floor let's go over here and <laughs> and resharpen it so you know I'm, I'm just that's one of those things that if, if you uh are, are finding that you need to uh, resharpen chisels you're doing a lot of work with them or anything like that definitely mm-hmm. a, a dedicated sharpening center makes a world of difference up until now i was somewhat skeptical about it but to be honest with you I don't know what the hell I was waiting for. <laughs> well, yeah, it's nice to have it there ready to go because, uh, I mean, half of the time sharpening really isn't something that has to take that long. Once your, you know, once once your bevels are established and the backs of your chisels and, and uh, blades are flat, it's really just a matter of a quick honing job. And if everything is set up, ready to go, all you need to do is, you know, spray a little water down or whatever your system you're using, uh, take a few laps and it's honed. You know, yep. it's really going to keep your tools that much sharper and, uh, well, that much safer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it makes it so much easier because you really can, you know, how like even with like a table saw, when you feel that blade is starting to get dull, you know how much it's just so much harder to push through. You're noticing you're getting those really awkward cuts, like maybe it's right. burning a little more. And I really feel that with my hand planes as I'm just doing a, a, a quick smoothing on just a small piece. 
if I notice that I'm really putting a lot of effort in, and I'm a lazy guy, so I know when I'm putting a lot of effort into something, <laughs> uh, that's when it's just like one of those, all right, it's time to just pop this open. And you're right, it just takes literally a couple minutes to get that set up and pop it on there onto the stone, make a couple of quick passes, and you're back in the game in no time at all. So yeah, awesome. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what I was waiting for. Now, the downside to this is one thing I discovered when I was setting up that sharpening station is um, since I'm using water stones, obviously you want to keep those as flat as possible. It's just like if mm-hmm. you're using sandpaper on glass, you want to make sure there's no bow in there. Well, I have one of those Norton lapping stones, kind of the big ones with the grooves in it, and that's what right. you, I would typically use to flatten it. I don't know how this happened, but apparently my lapping stone actually has a belly in it. So it's been, <laughs> it's been translating to my other ones. I'm like, oh my god, I felt like such an idiot. So set that aside, redid my stones, and once again, now I have dedicated center. Now I have better stones. Now I'm getting better sharpening. Wow, it's amazing how these things come together. <laughs> nice. Well, good job, man. That's awesome. Yep, and, and then the last thing that we have going on right now is, since I'm playing with all these things, I've decided I really want to get better at my hand-cut dovetails. because Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Exactly, you know? <laughs> they, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like losing weight. I always tell myself I'm going to do it, and I never get around to it. <laughs> right, right. So what I recently did is I have a whole bunch of scrap, maybe stuff I could hand out to the kids when they come to Halloween trick or treat. Um, <laughs> I cut it up into like small, like four inch blocks, and I've got them all uniform sizes. And I've now decided every night I'm going to do at least a minimum of one set of hand cut dovetails to try and get myself to that point where I feel more comfortable with it. And I'm on night number four, and right now I've noticed there's a dramatic improvement between night one. And night number four. I mean, it's it still has a little ways to go, but it's insane how just a little practice. And I know we've talked about this can go a long way. So, oh yeah, yeah definitely. I, I challenge anybody else to try this. I mean, if you really want to try it, definitely just get a few scraps. They don't have to be uniform. Just give it a shot. You know, what you should do take uh like take a picture of each one as you go through, and then when you're all when it's all said and done after like a two or three week period, uh, loop them together in like a time lapse video. Oh yeah, you, you can see each one and watch your progression from one to the next and show how you improved. That's a good idea because you know what? I've got the four right now, and I know which one went, which one went from each night. So I'm going to do that as soon as I'm off the show. I'm going to go in. Mark <laughs> you go. I'm going to take the pictures. It's kind of like that guy. Just did that one thing where the guy was taking a picture of every day of his life for like the past several years, and you yes. can see the progression. That's just that's eerie. And when you that's, see my... it's eerie and disturbing. Uh, fortunately, dovetails will be less so, but right. um, it's, it's still very cool. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly all right well um let's talk about a few of the things that we've uh, come across around the web and hey. the first thing i've got here is a very cool project it's the western pennsylvania table project now uh, obviously katrina occurred uh, quite some time ago and for a lot of us it's like okay that you know we're we're sort of out of touch with it so we assume that, you know, the disaster is over, things are being fixed, and everybody's okay. And the reality is a lot of these people, even if they get a home, uh, they may not have anything in that home, including furniture. So what these guys did, and I've been dealing with, uh, I can't recall his last name, but Scott, and I believe Jim is the founder, um, they have this group going where they are building these tables. And it's not just kind of like a free-for-all. There is a plan uh, with a very specific table that's meant to uh, be knocked down and easy to ship. And what they've done is is deliver hundreds of these tables to New Orleans and um, are giving these to uh, to victims of the uh, disaster that happened there. So 
Um, I really want to just kind of promote this for these guys because it's a great cause. They've got numerous ways that you can get involved and uh, I guess you could be an affiliate if you want to. You can uh, probably get involved in the building and uh, also they accept donations. Um, Excuse me. So go to uh, westernpatableproject.org and uh, everything is there. explains everything you need to know about the project, who's running it, uh, what they do, how it works. Um, but it's an incredibly great cause, and I think a lot of times, sometimes charities, and not just charities dealing with woodworking, but charities in general, uh, tend to lose focus on how to to take the, the, the people's effort and the kindness that everybody's putting into it and the physical output of what they're producing and actually get that to the people who need it. There always seems, uh, many times seems to be that disconnect where no one actually thought it that far through. Right. And this group seems to clearly have uh, exactly what they need, and they're producing a ton of this stuff and getting it to the people who need it, which you know makes you feel really good about what you're doing. So uh, check it out. It's the Western Table, or I'm sorry, Western PA Table Project dot org. Definitely, yeah. I went there and I, I did take a look at this project, and this is so neat because this is a great example of something of. Yeah, Something you, you can take your own passion and maybe you, you typically don't think you can help out. Because I think there was even a comment on here about how a lot of these guys wanted to do something for the Katrina, Katrina victims. And more or less it was like one of those, well, we, we don't have the time or we don't have the physical ability to come down there and help up with the clean, out, the clean up and everything. Mm-hmm. But yet something as simple as a piece of furniture can make such a huge difference. Because I think there was even a comment in here when I was kind of reading through this about one of the people who have received one of the tables. And it's just like one of those... This is a group of people that have been basically stranded away from home. They've probably been, you know, eating out. They've been eating in strange areas. They've just been, you know, all in who knows what. And something as simple and comforting as a kitchen table coming into their house gives them an opportunity to just kind of sit down and just relax. You know your home, you know. And we can think about rebuilding a house, but if you don't have furniture in it, man, it's just an empty shell. There's just no getting around it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they, they really do a, a great thing there. And I was going to try and get an interview uh, with Jim, but we're uh, having some technical uh, difficulties connecting with each other. So, uh, But maybe maybe we'll get him on uh, on the show and do a quick interview, let him uh, explain in his own words what the project is and how it all goes down. Uh, but there's plenty of information on the website. So if you are interested in contributing and helping out, uh, it's a great cause. Check it out. Sweet. Um, uh, what's the next thing we've got here? Okay, well, the next thing is... Something completely different. It's, this is an out of world, out of uh, off worldly type thing. You know, I, the exact opposite of the, the seriousness we were just talking about. But I happened to come across this uh, article, and it was at toolsnob.com. And apparently, they discovered when they were, they did a recent article about a new attachment for the Rotazip. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's like uh-huh. more of a drywall tool type thing. Yep. Well, it turns out that NASA is using a uh, Rotazip cutter to break through the permafrost on Mars to collect samples. <laughs> and, and I just think this is so neat because it's just like one of those, you know, I happen to have just sold one last year in my garage sale, so I'm wondering if maybe that guy in the uniform was, it was NASA. from NASA. <laughs> I would no. hope they could afford to buy a brand new one, you know? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe a nicer model than the one I had. But it's so funny because I think in, in the article it was actually saying that uh, they've tried a whole bunch of different things and nothing could get through the permafrost. But I, I guess this one particular uh, drill bit uh, or cutter bit that the Rotozip uses, it turned out that, well, their hunch worked <laughs> and they were able to break through the permafrost and actually get something up from it. So <laughs> I just I saw that's that. That's really funny, man. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I'm like, that's really funny. Cause I mean, how many people have this rotozip? And it's like one of those, you know, so many things came from NASA. We have Tang. Now the rotozip <laughs> has proven itself. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Oh, man. And, you know, another kind of funny thing that I came across, and this was from uh, Popular Woodworking. I think it was yeah. Bob Lane on this. This is so funny because it's like one of those, we talk about how there's lasers for everything. Yeah. And, uh, and now there's a miter saw that's out there, and it has a camera built on it. So, what you end up doing is, and I think it has a laser also, just to, to help you know double everything just, up, just to round it off nicely, <laughs> right? <laughs> but this camera is set up so that when you bring the blade down to position, how many times have you gotten your your you went up against the fence and you got the line, and you just want to make sure that you got the the, the cut's going to be right where that line is. Well, you no longer have to do that. You know, the difficulty of like bending your neck to look to see if it's lined up. There's a Finally. camera. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, as a fat guy, you saved my butt. And my only other option was to lift the miter saw way up high. <laughs> right, right. But there's a, a monitor up where the handle is, so you can you can you know align them up so that you know right where your laser is going to be and where that cut's going to go, and you no longer ever have to like stoop. So oh, that's funny. Go. Hey, uh, Funk in the chat room wants to know if the uh, saw comes with a clock radio too. Oh, uh, you know what? I think there's probably an alternative uh, option that you can get on that, and so. <laughs> We'll we'll definitely have to see if they'll if they'll come out with that next. Maybe or, even a, a nice rotisserie. <laughs> that or that or certainly how about an iPod dock? Ooh, I, I mean, like that. You could see. I mean, seriously, you're cutting all day. You could use something to charge the phone and sync it with your computer, or you know, whatever. It, you know what? They should have a speed control on the volume. So when the saw engages. <laughs> Volume goes up, <laughs> oh, just like in the car. Perfect. There, there you go. And it was funny because you know another thing when we when I saw this article, it reminded me of uh, somebody had sent this to me, and I see that Popular Woodworking found it also. There is a, a handsaw. I think we might have covered this before. An actual handsaw, like cut back and forth, like I like to use, like the galoots use, with a laser on it to help you make sure that your <laughs> cut is perfectly right along that line. It doesn't it doesn't engage while you're making the cut, but you can stop halfway through and be like, oh, it looks my curve's off a little, re-engage it, and go across again. <laughs> oh, man. Lasers and hand saws. It's blasphemy. Yeah. Next thing is going to be lasers and hand planes. Oh, I should keep that one myself. <laughs> there you go, man. You can get the uh, patent on that quick. There we go. <laughs> all right, so let's jump into some news here. Uh, we've got, well, first of all, this is a little bit old news. This was before, well, probably a couple of weeks ago, we announced the winners of the uh, uh, the first Lee Valley-sponsored giveaway, and that was for exactly what you were talking about earlier, Matt, the uh, skew rabbit planes. Yeah. And the winners were uh, Richard Sylvester and Mac McKinney, who hopefully, if I'm not mistaken, have them by now, right? Yeah, they should have, because I think shortly after, at least a day or so after you had uh, done the drawing and we announced it, um, I got those in the mail immediately because I ran down. And yeah, I remember that experience because it was a really bad post office, and I don't want to go there again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we have uh, that. That one was a quick turnaround because we wanted to make sure people had a chance to get the uh, the uh, planes if they did not win that they could still get them at the sale price so we kind of had to rush that one but in the future uh and including november i believe we will have another giveaway that will give us a full month to get everybody signed up uh, yeah but for other great uh, lee valley stuff so uh, definitely something to look forward to in the future yeah definitely so get your name in when the time comes because we're, you're gonna love every minute of it because I, I know i am when i'm playing with the thing you're gonna win <laughs> yeah exactly absolutely all right, jumping into some uh, some hot deals. We've got a few good ones here. Um, you brought in some nice ones there too, Matt. I've got one here from, I don't know, you know what? This I'm telling you, I, I say this every time, the, that Peachtree uh, email, e-direct offer thing, sign up for that because there's always good stuff in there. They have a $100 off the Freud 
SD600 WD series, uh, eight inch dial with data. So this is the one where it's not like a wobble stack. It's not a traditional stack where you use the spacers. It's the one where you turn the little dial and it uh, increases the width of the dado, which is probably one of the most expensive dados out there. Uh, regular price 269. The special offer is 169. That is an incredible bargain, and I've got the link there. Well, of course, all the links will be in the, the show notes. Right, definitely. Yeah, I've seen that one before. You're right because you can kind of dial it just the right way, so it's not too big, not too small. My stack one, I love it, but sometimes I kind of put the shims in the wrong spots, and I'm like, why is yeah. that not? Oh, it's on the outside. Well, you know, and I've not, the weird thing is I haven't heard a whole lot about this. This thing has been out for years, and I think it's just priced a little bit too high uh, for anybody to seriously consider buying it for the average person to to consider it. So um, I don't know. I guess that's got to be what the deal is because. It's still on the market. It's still doing pretty well and looks good. I haven't heard anything bad. I just haven't really heard a whole lot at all. Right. Yeah, definitely. Kind of Sweet. Weird. Yeah, uh, that peach tree, you're absolutely right about signing up for that. I'm gonna, that's another thing I have on my list of to-dos because uh, some people were talking about it on, twi- on Twitter, and I was just uh-huh. like, peach tree, peach tree, where have I heard that before? I know that they've got something good going on. So definitely, I'm going to go sign up for that. Totally. Sweet. All right, so the next one, uh, if you head over to Highland Woodworking, for, well, actually, you have until Friday night, October 31st, to take advantage of this. But if you order $50 more or more of any merchandise from their website, or you can call in, even uh, just pick up their catalog if you happen to have one, call in, you can talk to the operator, enter code 101708, or just tell the phone operator about it, and you will get $50. Or, You'll get free shipping. Excuse me. I'm like, $50 off? Wait, no, I read that wrong. <laughs> Man, they would hate me over there. They're like, that's it. He's never, you know, he's, we're not talking to him anymore. <laughs> yeah, nice. But they're, Highland Woodworking, let me clarify this, is offering free ground ship, ship, uh, shipping anywhere within the 48 contiguous states uh, on an order of $50 or more. Just enter that code. We'll have this information in the show notes for you. Again, you have till uh, October 31st to go ahead and take care of that because uh, – that's a pretty sweet deal. I was looking at a couple of things there, and I might have to take advantage of it. Of course, it is. Could could they come up with a more random discount code though? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm 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 here for the one hundred one seven zero eight. It's like it's a secret code. How about just like uh, shipping? Free yeah, shipping. there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, free. Uh, yeah, anything else except for that? Because I, I could see myself being like, I'm for the one hundred one seven one eight. They're like, oh, you want the extra shipping added on. Yeah, we'll take care of that. <laughs> that's Oh, that's for the Pink Elephant plush toy. We'll get that right out to you, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Hey, it's free shipping. Who the heck cares what the code is? I that's just like real- making fun of things like that. So. <laughs> yeah, because I can't remember those numbers. Yeah, All right. right. All right, so the next one that I have is we have, again, free shipping, but you also get 10% off purchases of $99 or more on DeWalt tools, any of the DeWalt tools. Oh, I'm sure there's probably exceptions made but if you head over to toolup.com and you'll find the information over there now i actually did head over there and they have it a banner up saying that they have this going on but there doesn't say anything about when it ends or specifically which tools but i'm pretty sure once you place the order that should go ahead and just kick right in so definitely that one out so so you want to do one last one there's there's one more on here yeah, you know, I haven't paid much attention to this. This is uh, one of yours, but I'll, I'll certainly read it. Popular Woodworking um, is offering $13,000 in workshop tools and supplies, uh, and it's a big giveaway that they're having over there. So um, go to windshop.popularwoodworking.com. 
Um, tell us a little bit more about this because I'm not that familiar with it. Okay, well, I, I believe this is a yearly thing that they do, and uh, they more or less get like a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I mean, we're talking like power tools. Uh, we're talking, you know, glue. We're talking all sorts of stuff. Anything that you probably have either wanted in your shop or typically use every single day. I know that. Um, let's see here. I, Trying to bring it up. It's a nice picture of Steve Shannon. If you haven't met Steve, he's a very nice guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. He looks like he looks like the dude that has all the question marks on his shirt and does those infomercials about like you know making money. Not not. I mean, I've seen Steve and not in person, but in this picture, the way they've arranged everything. <laughs> It totally right. looks like that. Oh, I wish you hadn't said that now. <laughs> Get this table sold right now. You know, he's definitely got that look. Yeah. I hope Just Steve's not up. offended by that. I, lo- I-, I love Steve. He's a great guy, and <laughs> I don't mean to be offensive, but I it just looks like that to me. He does. He's, I'm, I'm 100% with it. He absolutely, and it, if you guys know exactly what we're talking about, you got to check out the picture and you can see it. We we should do a side-by-side picture. That would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a faraway picture. He's behind other uh, graphics on the screen and he's got both hands out, you know, like he's doing his little infomercial stance and uh, that is fantastic. That's That's a good picture. Yeah, definitely. And as you can see, there's tools from Jet, there's uh, tools from Bessie, Tightbond, um, all sorts of good stuff in there. Let's see, uh, I forget who else is in there. But it, regardless, it's $13,000 worth of equipment and supplies. And who doesn't want $13,000 worth of equipment and supplies? I do. <laughs> so that, Yeah, that, who wouldn't, right? Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think I just ruined any chances we've had of actually working with popular woodworking. So let's yeah, let's move think, on. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get out of here. <laughs> Maybe you should edit that part out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. All right, uh, let's see. So we got a, as a topic, it's not, not like one of our normal topics, not a, a much of a, a big deal here, but since the holidays are coming up, it's it's a good time to start thinking about what you want to build, um, you know, especially projects that you could batch out a, you know, five or six of them and give them the family members and things like that. And just quality projects that are quick, you know, one or two day turnaround projects. So I have a few that I'm going to be doing on the show, uh, hopefully three, but at least two. And I could talk about those real quick and uh, see if you have any, uh, any ideas to add there, Matt. No, go for Um, it. The first one, which I just completed yesterday, it took me two days to do. So it's, uh, it's really hitting that target number that I wanted is a magazine rack type Thing. It's like a floor standing cross braced, you know, uh, magazine rack, I guess, for like a bathroom or a small space. So the, the two pieces are two flat boards that um, that nest into each other in the shape of an X. And uh, it, it's made out of walnut. And I'll probably make the, the one that I'm going to film for the show out of something else. But it turned out really nice. Very simple stacks flat so that if you want to give it away as a gift, you could, you know, wrap it up and actually not even put it in a box, just wrap it itself because it's nice and flat. It looks like um, oh, when it's flat, it's almost like a box of candies or something like that. So uh, they would have no idea. They had no, no idea what it is. So uh, that that's one little quick project. And the other thing I think I want to do is a clock, like a small mantle clock. Um, nice. Have you seen in the catalogs those little two-inch uh, circular uh, clock inserts that they uh-huh. sell like at Lee Valley and, and Rockler and things? Yep, yeah, uh, I have seen So I'm thinking about picking a couple of those up, and it seems like you can make just about any shape out of any wood and you know get a big, fat Forstner bit and drill straight through or some kind of a router template and batch those things out like like it's nobody's business. Uh, you know, the main cost to that is just going to be the clockworks itself. So right, um, yeah. that, that is my second idea for this year. 
And nice. third idea, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, cutting boards are always great. A nice long grain cutting board, not the end grain, because uh, that's a little bit more time than you'd want right. to spend for a, a bunch of these to batch out. I mean, you could do it, but it's going to take some time. Uh, so a nice traditional long grain cutting board probably is a good idea, too. Nice. Yeah. No, that that's definitely the, I love that idea of the mantle clock because, uh, I know my, my wife's talked about it and, uh, my mother-in-law has this nice artificial fireplace that I could see one totally going on. So that would, that sure, would absolutely sure. work. Yeah. Well, do you uh, have any specific plans for anything that you're making yourself? Right now I, I'm kind of playing with a little bit the idea of, I was thinking about making some small like serving trays, nothing really big, something kind of small, something that, again, I like that idea of, like, you know, it should take no more than maybe a couple days to put the whole thing together, you uh-huh. know, because, I mean, being a, really when it comes down to a weekend woodworker, that's really all I have, so that makes, you know, a lot of sense to kind of batch those out a little bit. Um, uh, maybe, like, some ornate boxes is always a nice thing. I've been seeing some beautiful ones that have been coming in from the listeners, especially, like, humidors. i got a number of friends that are cigar smokers. I'm not allowed to hang out at their house anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, stuff like that. Um you know, and of course, there's always like kind of the traditional ones like pen turning. I don't do any of those because I'm not allowed to have a lathe either. All those shavings and too much time down mm-hmm. in the shop. But right. um, yeah, those are those are the two that I've been thinking about. Is more or less kind of the like a, a, the ornate box and like a serving tray because there's a lot of times that I, I think those could kind of come in pretty neat. So yeah, definitely. Sure. I'd love to see that that, ma- that mantle clock that you're talking about, kind of the smaller one. That's that's a really neat project. I've always thought about doing something like that. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't designed it yet. I know that it's going to have a hole in the middle for a clock, and that's about it. Right. Now, that's always a good good place to put it, uh, especially if you yeah. want it to be. You know, you could put a door on it just to mess with people. But <laughs> yeah, that, that you could. Well, I've seen some really cool things out there, and I, I've got some ideas. Just um, you know, something. The the trick here with a lot of these holiday things is to get something that actually looks much more difficult than it really is. Uh, to build. And once you um, have that, you really impress people with what you can do. And then, you know, it doesn't take much effort for you to do it. Uh, And the other thing is, I mean, we're talking about holiday stuff here, but this is also stuff that makes great, uh, if you're trying to make a few bucks, you know, and you get yourself into a craft show or something, these are the things that are are actually going to make you some money if you can batch them out quickly, but they look like they took you a week to do when in fact it only took two days, you know, plus finishing. Right. to complete it that's uh, you know not not a bad idea so these holiday projects are also great projects to sell as well right absolutely you know another one that i was thinking about is uh last year i kind of got started a little bit on uh carving and like not necessarily like with chisels more or less like with the actual knife i guess glorified whittling is what my friends like to call it and uh, so I, I made a few ornaments last year and that's another thing that i was thinking about is i went out and bought a block of basswood and i'm like you know what i'm gonna sit down and i've got a couple of plants that i'm thinking about playing with and this is something i've been thinking about sharing on the show i'm just afraid that the show it was going to be the one where i actually like all right well you want to wear this kevlar glove oh i forgot to wear mine and it's all over <laughs> right so that that's another thing as i was thinking too about you know like a few just basic ornaments uh my kids love them because i make them and then they just kind of paint them or do whatever they want to so that's one of those or ooh, even a chessboard. oh wow i never thought about that ooh. well there you go that's a little bit more elaborate yeah so it's a special gift <laughs> yeah but nobody in my, in my house or my friends know how to play chess that's that's beyond us <laughs> checkers it's always there checkers there you go when in doubt when in doubt play checkers uh, all right. Well, we've got a few voicemails. I can't remember what the order is, but we've got one from Ski uh, and one from David from Wisp Woods. And, um, well, you know what? Let me click it and see what happens, and hopefully it will be uh, something interesting. Okay. Hey, Wood Talk. This is Ski. I was calling in with a plywood-oriented question. 
I've been working with some maple plywood. I had some glue squeeze out in a dado that I did, and there's a run running down the shelf. I've been able to chisel it off, scraper it off, so that it looks reasonable, though not great. I'm afraid to attack it with a power sander because I'm only doing with plywood. Are there any solutions to deal with this run, or do I need to scrap the shelf and put in a new one? Okay, thanks. You guys are doing a great job. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, Ski's always always good for a compliment. Yeah, definitely. All right, so glue on, on plywood. Now, we were trying to talk about this uh, before we, we came on uh, on air, and we were mentioning, I mean, it's, you definitely want to be very careful because you don't want to blow through the veneer, and obviously that's what he's thinking about. Mm-hmm. So he... The first thing with the chisel and then with the scraper, you know, that's pretty much where I'm going. I think this is going to be one of those situations where he's right. He doesn't want to really so much tackle this with a power sander because I have done that where I thought I was completely safe, blown right through it, and then try to figure out, well, this is a good spot where you could put a plant and you could put a book over this. You don't have to worry about that. (laughs) People don't want to do that always. Um, This is where you really have to maybe start thinking about hand sanding, like getting... I don't, I can say aggressive, but like one of those, th- this is where I would hand sand for sure. And I hate hand sanding, but uh, th- that, that's where this particular situation would definitely come into, a, into action for me. Yeah. Um, you know, because that way I can really control what I'm doing. I got an idea of how much pressure I'm applying. And obviously I can stop in between them if I really notice that in one tiny area, I'm starting to blow through it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, yeah, I definitely, I would try to stay away from the power sanding from my own experience, at least I've, been foolish enough to push too hard and go right through it sure sure well i mean the problem is what if that's all not going to work what if he knows that he's getting uh, too close to the to the substrate and he's going to blow through that veneer that'd be the problem is veneer is not very thick you know so once it soaks in that glue and if you've got that stain on there it may never come out you know he may yeah. actually have to start over and and i would do the same thing i would because it, it, look at it this way. You either are going to live with the stain or you're going to blow through it trying to get rid of it. So either way, you know, it, you have to figure out where, which way you want to go with it. And you can only sand so much. So I would probably keep sanding because if, if you can't live with the stain, then what other choice do you have? Keep sanding until it goes away or until you blow through the veneer and say, okay, screw it. Let me grab another piece. Right. Yep. You know, so the idea, though, is if you can... There's a couple things you can do, though, and this may affect the whole project. If it's a little glue stain, now this is tricky to do once the glue is already set, but think about if, um, let's say, a piece of furniture goes outside and it starts to rain and you get a couple raindrops on it and you go, oh, no, and you pull it inside and you just leave it alone and let it dry. What's going to happen? Those little raindrop spots are going to be very noticeable and look different than the rest of the piece. It'll have like you know a little bit of a leopard look to it with the spots. Uh, but if you would, when it was raining and you took it inside, if you would have taken a spray bottle and wet the whole surface down and make the entire surface wet, again, you know, the wood is going to is gonna basically uh, raise the grain and it's not going to be a, a great thing, but at least it's all going to look consistent and you could sand it back down. So kind of the same concept here. I wonder what would happen, uh, and again, this will affect the whole project, if he, let's say, took a very dilute solution of glue, uh, dilute it, you know, maybe down to 10%, and cover the surface with that. I mean, it's basically going to seal the wood, you know, kind of like a nice shellac layer or any any initial coat of finish, but it might sort of 
equalize the surface, if, if you want to say it that way, and make it all so that it would look the same. But I think it's that's a little bit risky. I don't know that I'd recommend doing that, but if you're really desperate, you certainly could give that a shot. But now right. that piece is going to look, stain, and finish differently than the entire rest of the project. So I don't know that that's feasible or smart, but it's certainly along the lines of what you might have to do if you're absolutely desperate. Right. Here's another option. Turn the project upside down. So now the headpiece is the bottom of a shelf. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, but there's really short people who might see that, Matt. That's true. Yeah, being, I would. You were being completely <laughs> insensitive. <laughs> I, no, it's, that's part. That's my job. <laughs> it's okay for short people to see it, but not not tall people. <laughs> that's right. I tell my mom that all the time. I'm like, come on, woman, get down there. There's a reason you're short. Doing that dust down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it is if it is one shelf, you know. If if you're really bothered by it and there isn't a way to hide it, just chuck it. You know, start right. over again. Maybe one other option is if you go ahead and you stain it and you 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 get it. You know, you, and it's really noticeable. I mean, it's just like one of those. Hey, ski! I didn't know you were working with zebra wood. What's the streak down the middle here? <laughs> right. Maybe this is an opportunity to remember we talked about getting a little artistic before and maybe taking like a dye or even a paint and trying to match it up. Because if it's one particular area, if it's you know one straight line or something like that. This could be an opportunity maybe to play with that a little bit to see if you could match it up True. if it would help out. So that might be another option. There's always the inlay, but I think if you've got this thing in place already, it's already glued up, that's going to be a little difficult too. So Yeah. So good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully um, you heard something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we got another voicemail here, and uh, this one by process of elimination should be uh, David's question. Hey, Mark and Matt, it's David from Wisp Woods again. Today I have a question for you about pine and the fuzz that I get off my table saw. When I run a board through my table saw, a pine board, it comes off and it's got a lot of fuzz on the edge. Um, And when I try to plane the edge flat and smooth with my number five hand plane set to take a very fine shaving, the fuzz I kind of like spongy wood and it just does not cut so i was wondering if you guys had any tips to get around that what i've been doing is running a different plane with a thicker setting over the fuzz to remove it and then going back with the fine set plane to flatten the surface thanks for answering my question bye okay i am going to give david my smart ass answer and then i will let matt give a real answer my okay. suggestion is don't use pine. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, Damn it. <laughs> we should have talked about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, I don't really use pine very much. So I, I think I've, I've I mentioned this earlier uh, with you, Matt, that I've, I've made maybe one or two at the most legitimate projects out of pine. Um, I didn't necessarily experience that as a, you know, pine-specific problem with this fuzz that he's talking about, so I never really had to troubleshoot it, but, you know, like any other soft, you know, softer wood, um, you know, using sharp blades and sanding afterwards and just the standard stuff usually would take care of it. So is this, from your experience with pine, is this something that that seems to be a unique issue uh, with softer woods like that? That I, I've run into that myself, and it's—I hate to say—it's come down to one of those. I just kind of learned to deal with it, kind of a thing. I mean, I don't think I've had it quite as bad as Dave, but um, it, it definitely—it is something I've run into. I, 
you know, it, when it comes to like even using like hand tools, especially with, with the with pine, man, I, I don't get the same exact results that I do with hardwoods. And you know, hand tools will tell you that you have to use a completely different angle in order to get excellent results on softwood. So yeah. I don't really know if there's a, a a real way that I could get around. Like I said, I've I've just learned to kind of just deal with it and then clean it up as I'm going into the you know more of the the assembly process and stuff like that. A, a couple ideas that I've, I've, just off the top of my head a little bit um, is maybe along the cut line or something. I, I know some people have mentioned using like mineral spirits on the wood just to kind of like wet it so that when it runs through, that fuzz is going to kind of stay in place because the fibers, since they're a little bit, since they are a little bit soaked, will stay in place so you don't don't quite run into it. But, hmm. you know, unfortunately, there's not really much else I can think of. Yeah, pine is, it's a very fuzzy wood in so many different ways. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, yeah. It can be very unforgiving. I mean, it, it, it dents, it splinters, it does all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, the, the only other option is like really super sharp tools, but obviously if you're using your tools all the time and you, you happen to just be using the pine, that's, that's not going to make a difference. So yeah, um, I really wish I could offer more on that, but that's, that's the only thing I could think of is just simply, it just kind of happens. You know, one other option is, no, I, I, that really wouldn't be that feasible as I'm like, you know, a lot of times we get, I would do like pre-score lines or something, but Man, that really wears you down fast, especially yeah. when you're working on a project. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be quite a bit of work. Um, well, you know, the other thing is, um, crap, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, hey, that, that's a, you have a total madism. Yeah, and we're going to talk about... What are we talking about? <laughs> Good thing that doesn't happen very often. Jeez, what am I getting old? Um, I, what was I going to say? That is so disturbing to me right now. Oh, man. It probably... Is- oh, I know what I was going to say. Stop distracting me, Matt. It oh. was... Uh, <laughs> I was going to mention that working with uh, alder uh, is is one of those things where alder is a, a relatively lightweight, soft wood. And any time I have used alder for practice cuts and hand tools and even my sharpest chisels, just it's the way the fibers break apart as you slice through them is really weird. It's really foreign yeah. if you're used to working with a lot of exotics and, and sort of heavy duty hardwoods. So. Um, you know, I could see it kind of being the same thing, presenting certain problems in softer woods. So, you know what? That's that's what our audience is here for: is to fill in those gaps that that we can't uh, address. So, if anybody has some good tips on uh, dealing with this specific issue that uh, David mentions, please uh, leave it in the comment section of uh, either uh, Matt's posting of this episode or mine, and uh, that would be much appreciated. Because uh, you know what? Uh, despite the fact that what everyone thinks, uh, Matt and I don't know everything. Right. Wait, whoever thought that? Actually, the reality <laughs> is people know that we don't know anything, so that's what makes it all right. so fun. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, they turned in like, let's see what the two boobs are doing. <laughs> yeah, my, my, the, what I know how to do is hit the record button and set up a microphone, which is, uh, you know, it's my claim to fame here. Right. You know, <laughs> one other one that reminds me, if you really want to just rip your hair out on kind of like fuzzy, stringy wood, I worked with Aspen before. Oh, my God. I hated Bad, every huh? minute of Oh, that was that was like working with string cheese sometimes. I mean, it was so stringy all over the place. It was insane. You'd make a cut, and I swear there'd be like these little fibers. And you ever do that thing like you see like a sweater, like, oh, you got a piece of string there. Let me get that. You start pulling the whole sweater apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Wow, I've never actually worked with it, but now I know I probably will never work with it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, well, you know what? Let's finish up uh, like we usually do with uh, – one of Tom Iovino, Tampa Tom, Big T, down in Tampa, uh, finish up with one of his tips. 
Hello everyone, it's Tom Iavino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's tips. Say you have to make a particularly shaped piece for a project, and you want the piece to be as accurate as possible. Don't measure and draw the piece freehand, there's an easier way. Photocopy a drawing of the piece that you need to cut on a copier that uses toner. When you need to transfer that part's shape to the wood, place the paper face down and use a clothes iron to literally iron on the plan. Remember, this trick only works for toner-based printers and photocopiers. Doing this on an inkjet image will only leave you with crispy paper. If you want to discover more clever, useful, or even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit any of the other great blogs that belong to the Wood Whisperer Network at twwnetwork.com. That's pretty neat. I didn't know about that. No, no clue at all. That's, that's really kind of interesting. Well, that's cool. That's what Tom's here for, to give us those little tidbits that just make our lives that much better. Sweet. Now i got another reason to be yelled at for having the iron down in my shop before it was all that <laughs> pre-adhesive uh, uh, veneer, but now i got another one. <laughs> Dude, what you have to do, what you have to do is just take the iron and pretend like you have no idea where it went, and eventually they'll, you'll get a new one in the house, and the old one will stay in the shop, and that's pretty much what I did. Nice. You know, what about those folks who don't have an iron? I wonder if you could take it to like the dry cleaner and be like, hey, could you press this for me? <laughs> Can you press this piece of paper into this piece of wood for me? Thank you. <laughs> right. How much does that cost? Is that like a suit? Or... <laughs> it should be uh, a dollar if you go to the right dry cleaners. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, I've got a busy day ahead of me. Hey, what do you what do you have planned today? It's uh, it's a Saturday. It's beautiful. Actually, what's the temperature there? Uh, here in Muskegon, it's uh, going to hit almost 50. And it's oh. It's pouring rain. <laughs> poor, poor you, man. That sucks. This is this is my fun time. It's beautiful. It's like eighty degrees out today, and uh, I think I'll go out and enjoy a cup of coffee on the back patio, and uh, you know, be thankful uh, I live in Arizona. Oh, great! See, I'm going to be sitting in my easy chair now, looking out the window, going, "I hate him. I hate him." <laughs> <laughs> Plotting against so, me. <laughs> there you go. No, as soon as I'm done here, we have a Halloween party that my neighborhood puts on. So I got to run the kids down there in their costumes and be oh, like, cool. "Hey, trick or treat! Give us uh, candy." All right, we'll see you guys later. <laughs> awesome, man. That's cool. Well, tell the kids I said hi and uh, make sure they get their candy X-rayed and watch out for apples. Yeah. Well, okay. No problem. I, you should tell me to watch that because I'm going to be the one eating all the candy. No, you guys yeah. finished it off last week. <laughs> all right, folks. Now, if you heard something today that you want to comment on, you want to, you have a question you want to get answered, just like some of the great folks who have uh, done it before, get a hold of us. You can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone, leave us a message at 623-242-2450. And you know what? We'll try to give you a coherent answer. If not, we'll make a really stupid one up, and we'll have everybody else answer it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, get started on those holiday projects, because time's a-wasting. Next thing you know, Christmas is going to be here. And you're not going to have any gifts for your family, so get started. Uh, well, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Sweet. Take care, everyone. Adios. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.